Well, welcome back to another episode of We Are Not Movie Critics. I'm your host, James, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Will Tucker. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. There's also some other people here. Mark is with us as well. How are you doing, Mark? Hi, I'm Mark, and I am in the room here with my friends, not elsewhere because of rail strikes. Mark can't be with us this week, but we are joined... He's he's right here. No, we are joined with our guest from a few weeks ago obviously mr nick joseph is joining us back on this episode how you doing buddy you good yeah i'm all right yeah. it's late but i'm i'm good <laughs> that's another we had another fun time it was a late news session mm-hmm. but now nonetheless we have some fantastic news for you we have got some sonic the hedgehog news we've got some casting announcements from them that we want to talk about we've got some community news as well there's a uh, some rumorings of potentially six series and a movie and then and then finally, we're just going to close out with some Avatar The Last Airbender news. We are a couple of weeks away from release. We're starting to get some interviews from members of the cast and the directors. So we're going to just jump into that. As always, if you don't fancy listening to what we're talking about in this section, feel free to jump around. Everything's going to be time-coded below. Got a fantastic interview as well. Very Valentine's Day theme. Stay tuned for that. But yeah, we're just going to jump into it with some Sonic the Hedgehog news. Sorry, very Valentine's Day theme. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> but Sonic the Hedgehog, we've had two live action, live action, yeah, live action, action, live action. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, we've had some live action, two live action movies. Real hedgehogs. Real hedgehogs. Yeah, real man. people. Ben Schwartz became a hedgehog yeah. to do this. Do you remember the huge. Do you remember the original concept art? If you guys <laughs> oh, have seen oh how horrifying that Sonic the Hedgehog actually looked. I'm just, still convinced that was a marketing ploy. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. I, I hope so. I hope for the sake of the animators it was because I'm sure they were put under some awful working conditions to make that work. Played off because the no, first two films, yeah. they're really great. Jim Carrey has a standout performance and after the second one came out, he announced that he was retiring and he's actually coming and back for this. Lied. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of nice because he said in his interview that he gave to announce that he was coming back for it, he said, the only way I was getting back into this is if the script was great and he described it as it was like the angels had brought me a script whoa that's how he said it so i think it's gonna be good i've you're sitting with two people who have not watched either of them everything that jim carrey is about screams eggman to me it's honestly i think it could be it's one of the best jim carrey performances (laughs) i've ever seen the two films are pretty good if you haven't actually checked them out they are surprisingly good i think they do break the kind of curse of like video game films they're, they're pretty fun, but his mm-hmm. performance like is just a standout in it. He is just... I, I'm convinced that they just let him loose on yeah. set, and he just went off and just went a bit crazy. I mean, I feel like hope that they're performing together, but Ben Schwartz is an incredible improviser, and I think that's where he came from, and yeah. then he get it, moves into acting. But if they're able to just riff off each other, I really hope that that makes sense. It feels very Robin Williams-esque almost. Yeah. In each film, he has a dance number, I'm sorry? And yeah, he has a dance number and it's always with like lots of disco lights, dancing music. And the second one in particular might be one of the funniest things that I've seen from Jim Carrey. It's so, it's it doesn't even tonally fit within no. the context of the film. It's just wild. He literally just like breaks into song and is dancing because Dr. Eggman in it is the person he plays, the villain, obviously. He's a very eccentric very crazy person and he's he's kind of in the films i don't know if it's in like in the games obviously it's a doesn't have as 
I guess, a rich backstory just in the context um, of the game. Yes, he does. Sorry, sorry. Hold on. I'm about to fucking scream. <laughs> here we go. Oh, here we go. go. Let's go. Uh, Dr. Kintober yeah. <laughs> was born from a love of the environment and raised Sonic as a father figure. And then he was he was morphed by, by some terrible chemical waste. And that and like a hard-boiled egg combined with him, not a John, a joke. To Please become, tell me you're making this up. I am not. I, this is as true as the dance number, <laughs> which I was I was convinced was also a prank. I think they've all pushed the thousand that that none of that is canon. Yeah. No, he's born from a hard-boiled egg and chemical waste, and that's why he hates the environment and destroys planet, like something like that. <laughs> And that's why in a lot of the old Sonic games, when you destroy robots, you see like a little animal come out. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, saving yeah. Them. yeah. But like, yeah, I, I thought the implication was that he was just turning nature into robots. Yeah, he hates the, the environment. Name, oh. The name Doctor Robotnik, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. He's Doctor Robotnik. He's Doctor Eggman. He's. He's yeah. he's the round guy who's bad with the mustache. Yeah. yeah, his his backstory in this is that he's he's like the most intelligent person on earth, and they bring him in, but. He's also like completely repulsive personality and no one can stand being around him. But equally, he can't stand being around humans. So he brings in, he's like working with lots of, (laughs) he brings in a lot of like robots to work for him. And they do a very Suicide Squad-esque line where I don't know if you've seen Suicide Squad where Will Smith goes, what are we? Some Some kind kind of Suicide suicide squad? Squad. And then they, I think there's an army guy in the first one where they go, God, he loves robots so much. What is he like? Dr. Robotnik. That so his last name isn't No. Robotnik. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, may, it might be in the film as well. That, uh, that, then but, that, that soldier yeah. is ignorant of his surroundings. <laughs> but it's very similar to that. Genuinely, I know I'm talking about it in a very cheesy, laughy way. It is just a pretty fun watch if yeah. you do get around to it I, it's i don't see how they could have made it like a serious hard-hitting watch god i would i would kill for a really again if they had really gone back the the canon and made it like sonic is saving the environment the planet's in true danger there's something there right god the whiplash the tonal whiplash of sonic the hedgehog being too cool for school but also trying to save the environment it's, it's a weird watch yeah. honestly they're good films i do i do think they break the 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 stereotype of like video game movies are bad that was the first one for me i don't know if there's many others that have really like broken that because you had like a tomb raider film and i've heard like mixed things about that about it not being great it's because they're trying to be serious yeah Yeah, i think you're probably right and it's not like you couldn't do serious with a lot of franchises out there yeah but it would be weird to do a super serious sonic or mario or yeah because we, obviously like we we just had the mario brothers movie as well took off massively yeah like, it people was, love that film it was it got a lot huge. of money got a lot of money it's contra it's not i don't think it's like groundbreaking for me it didn't it, it was fun and i love mario and i grew up on mario so i obviously loved it but it didn't do it it wasn't like it didn't take any risks it i don't like, really think i'm the core demographic for that film no even with the nostalgia i don't think i am yeah, i think not. they genuinely were targeting like yeah. marketing at kids Children. Mm-hmm. right yeah for sure do you think like video game movies can work in general oh well, i mean we have already seen like you're advocating for sonic so yeah. hard i feel like there's a time and place it depends on who's who's writing who's who's making it but it's just it's just something to draw inspiration from if i don't think anyone in charge of these movies really loves the property so usually uh, it's yeah. probably just going to be a cash grab i guess you also have to kind of think about like the scope of a narrative you can tell in the space of a film yeah. versus what a lot of them try to do 
in games, right? Like you're not going to tell the whole of a Final Fantasy plot <laughs> in two hours. Like no. I just don't think you'll do a good job of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not can... that they haven't tried. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you hit an nail on the head with your your previous point of like the people that are making these films or in a lot of the cases they're not the fans of the franchise so Mm -hmm. they kind of maybe don't know how to handle it in the right way so i think maybe where i'm looking at it and i'm like oh yeah you could do something interesting in this they're probably not looking at it like that i guess they're trying to make it more broad broad appeal Mm -hmm. as we sort of said with the mario movie where it's targeting specific demographics and making it accessible for them so yeah yeah I'm sure the Minecraft movie will be different. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, um, like, the, the only thing that I had on my mind is that it's constantly rumors of there being some kind of Legend of Zelda adaptation being yeah. done through Netflix. And yeah. then, like, no, it got cancelled because they leaked it and Nintendo weren't happy. Or, yeah. You hear those stories all the time and whether there's any truth to them or not. Yeah. I'm not sure whether you could adapt that Legend in a Zelda? way that would no, work. He's, like, a, he's a mute for a start. So potentially you could... You'd have to. I think there'd be like massive controversy from fans mm-hmm. if you made him talk. There's Speak. a lot of like creative decisions that I think would go against a film of like Legend of Zelda. I yeah, think. but I think you could do non-live action versions. Like you could do animated. Yeah, definitely adaptations of video games, maybe with less of those issues. Yeah, but I think we'll pivot to our next news story. At some of the red carpet stuff for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the remake with Donald Glover. There's been these little bits and pieces of like hints and breadcrumbs of the community movie, which has been just like little, little leaks and things here and there over. But apparently script is done. Donald Glover is 100% all in to be in this movie, which I'm so happy about. I love community so much, but I know so many people have already talked about, we already know what the community movie is about. There's a lot of people, I don't know if they would go this direction, mm-hmm. but I think either in season six or season five, there's like a little news ticker tape that talks about a boat being there taken is, by yeah. pirates. Yeah. Um, and it's like either the confirmed or largely like expected is like, oh no, that was Troy's boat. Yeah. But no, I just, oh, I want it so bad. I love community so much. I, I love community. It's got a real special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. It was like one of my like main college series that I watched. So yeah. I'm pretty hyped if they do it well and obviously the joke has always been six seasons in a movie yes and i'm really glad that they are finally getting that they're going to be able to do a movie again it's not confirmed yeah it's just the script is there and one actor's ready to do it yeah Mm -hmm. because they did the whole in covid they did like the live readings Mm -hmm. on like zoom and things and i think that was pretty cool yeah and people really enjoyed that and i think there shows that there's a real clamoring for more community Mm -hmm. because i think I don't know how you felt about the finale and the ending, but I I have mixed feelings as well, mm-hmm. same as you. I did a little hand motion. Eh, <laughs> it came across great in, a, in an audio <laughs> medium. But I I was conflicted. I think like there's some real, genuine, just amazing stuff in Community. Yes. Season one, I think is... I don't even know if that's considered the strongest season, but watching back the original paintball episodes for like mm-hmm. season one is some of my favorite television ever. It just riffs on certain tropes from other films and all of this so well. And it's just so well shot. Yeah. It's just great. It's so obvious from watching, especially in those paintball movies, watching yeah. Donald Glover and it's like, that's a movie star right there. Yeah. I mean, sure. He's being extremely silly and yeah. saying very insane things right now, but the way he moves and acts 
in those movies. It's no wonder he's in Mr. and Mrs. Smith yeah, right now. It's no wonder he obviously got so much traction <laughs> in, in, in the future in his career because, yeah, he was an amazing actor. He went on to do, I think, the, it's the weirdest one, but he did The Martian. He was in that for a little yeah, bit and he, he played like quite an eccentric scientist. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I completely forgot about that role. He's in obviously so many things now. He's rumored that we bring up the MCU and everything, but he's obviously in Across the Spider-Verse. He yeah. plays as a cameo as the Prowler. There's rumors that he'll be playing that in the future so it just shows that he's gone in my mind at least like getting on those films it just shows that you are broad appeal to everyone and yeah i i can't wait to see if like community if it if it really does materialize into something uh, it'll be 10 years is there anything that he doesn't do no i don't think like so, he he's... did stand up obviously he had music career yeah he's dancing singing rapping i'm a big donald glover fanboy yeah. so i'm just gonna say yes to everything he's doing but he's he's probably like when people ask that question of like who's a celebrity you would like to meet i think he's he's pretty he ranks pretty highly because i think it would be like a really interesting conversation to have with him and mm-hmm. i think he'd be quite an interesting well-rounded person to speak to but yeah i, I haven't really seen any performances from him where i've been like oh that was bad or yeah there are a few bits on snl that i was like that was an interesting choice yeah. but i mean i like him enough that i watched the snl episode if that yeah. means anything yeah i don't know like to be fair once he started doing i i didn't watch solo but i just assume he did incredible in that movie yeah i heard that they people really liked him as lando there was talks at the time before the solo obviously didn't form as well as they were expecting that he was going to get a spin-off where it was just going to be donald glover and star wars and it was just going to be lando adventures which yeah. would have been pretty sick to be honest i yeah i love donald glover do you think what's your excitement level for like a community ten. thing was it was it there was it 10 straight up <laughs> just <laughs> is it i want it i don't know i just want more but i hope they get like basically all of the. i, I feel like they wouldn't do this without at least the main members of like the core cast and everything coming back for it so get chevy in there oh god <laughs> oh bring him back from the dead oh god i don't know if they can bring him back do you know if, i wonder if like dan Harmon will direct because he's obviously like super busy curious. now i don't know yeah i don't know if i don't know if he was directing the episodes either no because he, he, he was he wasn't he was there for the, he wasn't there for the gas leak episode yeah, not directing the, sorry uh, but gas leak season gas leak season sorry <laughs> but he was there for like a lot i think he was like he was writing all of it yeah. um other than season four he was heavily involved and it was obvious when he wasn't yeah so i feel like he must, he's involved yeah he i'm must sure be he involved. wrote the script yeah or maybe with some help with other people or done something he must mm-hmm. have but I don't know, like, I don't know if he's directing or not. I'm getting a lot of interesting facial expressions from Nick right now. I don't know that much about the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So when you guys are always talking about stuff, I'm just Googling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, Nick really is the brain out. of this operation. Oh, big, yeah. <laughs> Let me find out really a little is. bit about him. Mm-hmm. Like, There's... Just, just a quick Google said, like, why was he, why did he leave the show? He was fired by NBC he was fired. season three. Dan, yeah. Dan Harmon's, yeah. Yeah. Him and Chevy. And also, like, famously, Dan Harmon's hard to work with. Yeah. Even more famously, he was very hard to work with with Chevy. I'm saying Chevy weird. I'm just Chevy. Gonna keep, I'm just like, bit, like a like a Chevy bolt. Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna Chevy. Keep, I'm gonna keep saying Chevy because <laughs> I think it's funny. But there was a huge, and that was like one of the reasons why in season five, Chevy Chase was killed off. Killed off. Yeah. 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 Spoilers for Community. <laughs> Interesting that for a a sitcom, they're gonna kill off one of their one of their characters, but they brought Dan Harmon back and they killed Chevy Chase. Yeah. 
What's your What's your favorite episode of Community? Oh, it's got to be. I really hope it's the same one. It's not. It's not. I really love. It's the episode with. It's in the third season. I wish I remembered the exact name, but when they're figuring out the different universes and have different oh, timelines based yeah, on the yeah. rolling of the oh, dice. Oh yeah, that's yeah. such a good like standalone. It yeah. rules. I was. It's one of the only pieces of television that I watch. Yeah. And immediately it was like. Gotta watch that again. Yeah, it's still memed to this day where Troy walks in with yeah, the with the pizza, the pizza and everything's boxes. on fire, which mm-hmm. I love. It's very, it's a very useful gift. Can be yeah. a very specific sort of energy. Did you see the thing this week with Elmo asking everyone oh, on Twitter, uh, like how they he he tweeted out from the official Elmo account? It was like, "Hey, how's everybody doing?" And then it's <laughs> I um, love your Elmo. <laughs> thank you. I've worked <laughs> on it in the shower, so I was hoping that it'd be good. But what a load of the reactions were like Elmo checking in on people, and it was Donald Glover walking in with the pizzas and everything's on fire because it was like can't everyone was like replying to elmo being like elmo man i'm at my fucking limit (laughs) (laughs) elmo you're my only hope yeah i think like my favorite episode of community Mm -hmm. trampoline oh it's it's so good and again it's another donald glover performance right at the end where he goes (laughs) oh my god joshua was racist yeah it's such a good like i love both it's so obvious in just the way that they are joel McHale and donald glover like their reactions are the same in spirit when they realize that and Joshua was in fact a racist, but like Donald Glover's is just so much more visceral and animated. Yeah. I just I don't know I don't know how he is the way that he is, but I really like it. Oh, it's it's a great show. I might even start rewatching some of it after like the discussion about it. I've been thinking about it this week, so yeah, I'm definitely gonna be checking this one out, and I'm keeping an eye on it. I've been keeping an eye on it since like COVID when it yeah. yeah, it's it's probably doing the rotation soon where I'm gonna rewatch it all. This is a complete aside and. Do feel free to cut this. But did you know that Joe McHale was on the attempted American spin-off of IT Crowd? No. Like, he replaced Roy. No. Yeah, yeah, and they did it shot for shot, script exactly the same he as was, the first episode of the American... They literally the did the pilot. Yeah. And it flopped. It's so bad. <laughs> like, Joe McHale as Roy. Yeah, they just replaced his character. No. But the thing is, nobody... It's because English he, humor. like, seems like an attractive dude, right? That character does not play well no. if if he's just like an a, attractive yeah, well, dude because he just comes off like an asshole the yeah. whole time. He has to be. He's I mean, so tall. Like <laughs> just in general, like I just, he <laughs> doesn't fit the character. Anyway, that's go, why go look up some of the clips. If yeah. I am wrong about this, I'm gonna feel stupid. But I'm gonna look, look up some of the clips. Yeah. It's so weird. That's I have to. So I'm strange so to me. Curious yeah, now. I'm gonna have a look at that. That is, if I'm thinking of the way that Joel McHale would be playing that, it yeah. is the exact opposite of how Roy is. <laughs> It's so different, right? What's oh weird about God. it is Richard Ayoade is still in it. Is he still what? Moss? So he's still so Moss. Oh and he, they reshot God. it with him doing the exact same motions, the same... They have to yeah. go back. I need to watch I all to of watch this. this. They it's need only to, one episode. No, right? they need to make it. But yeah, we're going to just talk about our final news story as well, which is something that we, I think as a group, are we pretty... We keep talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we keep, it's, it keeps coming I love up. Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. And this, eventually, this is going to become an Avatar The Last Airbender fan cast. For sure. We're definitely going to do an episode at some point about like it in general but the live action show we're a couple of weeks out we've been talking about it so much recently but we've got some interviews from like the director and the cast and it's all coming out now that they're obviously they're trying to market it high and hype and they're making several changes mm-hmm. to kind of like the original show some of them more understandable they're moving from an episodic yeah. sort of it's obviously big seasons mm-hmm. lots of content they have to shorten it down so you're going to miss it they're going to miss out some of the like 
a side questy type thing <laughs> I, it's inevitable it's this is okay yeah this is fine. that's i'm more okay with that the one that's kind of interesting to me is that they're changing something with soccer's character mm-hmm. where they're making him soccer goes from being sexist to not sexist in the later seasons he of becomes the show. not even in the later seasons in the first season yeah he's sort of quick. yeah he learns he learns that yeah and I think that's a really nice message and I think it's a really nice like journey that he goes on. But they're changing that in the show where they're not having him be sexist at all and not having that kind of character growth there. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of taking away... It's a mistake. Yeah, I think it's taking a lot away from the show. It, it sent a new kind of fresh wave of worries for me because part of what sets Avatar, for me anyway, aside from other sort of like happy-go-lucky cartoons is that it can delve a little bit deeper at times into some of these more complicated themes. And one of them is, like, sexism, which, yeah. I, like, I was a kid, and mm-hmm. I learned some of that stuff from that. Obviously, just, like, mess- in, in messaging and that sort of thing and how to talk to and respect people. So I think it's a mistake to change mm-hmm. such an important character trait, and it worries me for potentially if they're going to make other adjustments to other characters. Yeah, yeah so. I don't know how far into spoilers we can go yeah i think for a 20 year old children's cartoon yeah we might okay (laughs) right i mean i mean mean, like it's not just in soccer's arc that sexism comes up right like it comes up in multiple places through the show like with katara as well yeah so like it feels like you hope that they pick it up there more or i don't know i mean i think it's it's important to have like the characters that you're supposed to be rooting for grow as well so if they fail if they don't have these sort of moments where you see how they realize the error of their ways and their understanding of the world is different than what they actually believe it to be yeah it kind of takes away a little bit from the whole point of the show yeah which is that you have to sort of see everything and like live with it in its own way and like accept the way that things are and how they could be the more you take away from those moments it like starts to chip away at the overall picture mm-hmm. and i'm worried that that's potentially the direction they're going we talked earlier about obviously broad appeal and i'm worried that that's what they're going for with the show which i think is a it's a mistake because like the show is already pretty broad appeal it's broadly mm-hmm. appealed by many yeah that didn't I, make sense but that's fine you yeah, know what i meant yeah i know what you mean and it's I yeah appeal you, it. you just <laughs> <laughs> it just it takes away from what avatar is i think and i think <laughs> i it makes me more worried again for what we're actually going to be served up with this live action remake yeah i just hope that they don't cut the character development to fit the plot in yeah if you see what i mean yes like i'd rather they cut parts of the plot out that aren't essential mm. and still kept the character growth moments in yeah because there's definitely there's a lot of there's ways to watch the show and i would implore anyone to watch the show in its original full full <laughs> format but you can watch the show there are websites dedicated to showing you how to watch it with the shortest possible viewing time and for it to make sense and for you to get it all wouldn't recommend doing it like that i mean but you can skip a few episodes yeah there's there. some where it's just completely one-off you could just watch it in a one-off and it's completely unattached to the wider story that's mm-hmm. going on obviously the wider theme story kind of picks up in two and three more yeah. so yeah. in the seasons two and three rather than season one but season one has an important role of establishing this world it's and like important. this fun Oh, it's fun. For season one's supposed to be quite fun because, oh, the crushing reality of two and three hits. And that's, again, one of the themes that makes the show so amazing and so powerful. James, the show starts out with a genocide. So they're cutting out. 
they're cutting out this whole we've just talked about what they're cutting out they're showing the genocide of the air nomads they're showing it like what they're doing a whole they're adding a whole thing and showing the fire nation demolishing the air ba- airbenders hmm. i kind of like that that's not in this sh- yeah, yeah it's you not see in the, the, sh- remnants. See the remnants yeah. of it and that kind of but they're going they're going to show it in like full live action that was one of the things that came out as well it's a weird huh. all of these choices choice. sound really weird to me like yeah. i mean we'll have to see how it plays out yeah I, I mean we get to see mount gatso fucking kick ass yeah so i mean i don't know if they, that. yeah i mean i hope so from that perspective i i just hope it doesn't undercut ang's realization of yeah what the world has become i think like it's almost the imagination is the most powerful thing and you kind of imagine this battle and like how heinous it was and that's powerful in its own way so i think showing it kind of like breaks that sort of illusion that we all have in our mind of it or at least what i imagined it to be yeah it's weird choices some of them are weird choices i'm still pretty optimistic overall yeah I'm st- i still want to watch it like i want yeah. it to be out now so mm-hmm. i can watch yeah. it please please definitely can you just release it now and like the trailers the trailers look good costume design looks good they're saying ang instead of (laughs) on which is a good a good like the bar is low yeah we we're gonna jump into our interview segment we're gonna be covering the before series so stay tuned we've got an amazing spectacular guest joining us today it's divya shaker how are you doing you feeling good i'm feeling good we're just going to pretend you didn't rehearse that a few times. Yeah, I think that's basically <laughs> what we usually do. It's every single time, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're going to talk about the Before series of movies today. In the Before series, we've got Before Sunrise, which is the first one. We've got Before Sunset, and finally capping it off with Before Midnight. And I was wondering for anyone that hasn't seen this, would you be able to give us a little rundown of the plot? Yeah, cool. I can do that. It basically follows a 18-year-long love story between two people jesse and celine each film is set and released every nine years so it represents going along in their love journey in their 20s 30s and their 40s and it starts off in the first movie with them but on a train through europe and they kind of talk to each other and they spend the day in vienna and then they just walk around the entire time so it's very dialogue heavy all of it so the first one is called before sunrise because jesse the character has to yeah he has to take a flight home and yeah so they have a limited amount of time to spend together and the first film basically you're left wondering hey will they ever meet up again or not but they do they choose not to share any contacts at all and then they're like hey let's meet in six months and the second movie is set nine years after that and it answers the question of whether they met up or not. I'm not sure how much of spoilers I should go into. Yeah, I think we're we're all right. Cool. So the second one is before sunset. So again, Jesse has to leave for a flight and he sees Celine and they catch up. I don't want to spoil it because I think you kind of have the mystery of watching it and figuring it out or how they feel. And I think the last one, it's before midnight. It's, again, them walking about, talking, dialogue. But I would say the last one is more sad or heart-wrenching <laughs> or real. The first two is very, very romantic. And you're like, oh, my God, it's so cute. Third one, you're like, why the fuck did I watch this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, obviously, the theme of the podcast is to, to talk about why this movie holds a special place for you. So, what is it about this film versus any other that 
made you want to bring it on today what what kind of went into your thinking well i mean to start off this it's really fucking hard to you know narrow it down so hence why i picked three you know <laughs> I just, so i cheated a little bit <laughs> i watched this when i was i think when i was 13 for the first time and at that point in time i think i was such a huge hopeless romantic as you are so i was in a binge of watching a lot of romantic movies so like reality bites heather 16 candles and i really love ethan Hawke. i think i watched him in reality bites which is also with winona ryder and i'm like damn i really like him as an actor and then i saw that he was in before sunrise and but upon i had heard absolutely nothing about it i mean this was i would say over 10 years ago but this first film came out in 1995 mm. so i watched it and i was like great lovely dialogue is there another one and now i'm like oh my god there is another one cool and i was really invested in their love story and i totally forgot about it until yeah. years later i think when i was 16 or 17 mm. and then i was randomly scrolling and i saw a poster for before midnight there's another one? <laughs> oh my god and then freaking like scrambled dropped everything and went and watched it crushed emotionally yeah very very emotional <laughs> considering i was so invested in both these characters love story and then watching them fight <laughs> please please don't please please We're don't supposed to do love this. each other but i think it kind of reminds me of different ways that i imagine love to be yeah. and i think when i was a teenager and i think still now i'm still a bit of a hopeless romantic i would want to meet someone on a train i want to fall in love with a, in a bookshop or something yeah. and i think it really fueled that fire Rewatched this at different stages in my life so when i was a teenager when i was well not that i'm super old when i was like 18 and i had been in relationships obviously quite recently and i think i resonated with the characters very differently mm want to know what you guys thought mm -hmm. everyone in the first movie they're gonna think that the main character the guy is a fucking cynic and complaining about such a sweet little girl mm. which is why i implore people to watch the rest of the movies because they're both flawed people yeah. trying to understand each other and you know love is not perfect thing that taught me a lot about setting my own expectations yeah. and growing up really so uh, I, I totally get what you mean especially with jesse i think the first i want to say 30 minutes of that movie i was just like this fucking guy <laughs> but i super start to feel with him once he starts to get a bit more vulnerable especially in like just to keep it a little bit less spoiler when they're both quote unquote talking to each other on the phone talking to someone else and they're both pretending i was immediately like no <laughs> like my heart starts to melt so bad because they can finally kind of open up but he can't open up to her and i just i adored it i bought in right then and there because how old are they in the first one early 20s yeah early 23 20s. 23 yeah so it, it tracks in that like you said he's a bit of a cynic at 23 i do feel like yeah. i thought i knew everything and then definitely took the rest of my 20s to figure out i didn't and so he's in that slightly arrogant what he thinks is is correct and he's really dismissive of the palm read. but i i know what you mean i was a bit like i don't like this guy but by the end i was yeah heavily invested and by the end of all three it was just crushed yeah entirely mm -hmm. i think for me was the most interesting aspect of these films that you see these characters not only age in real life but you see them age on on the screen and it's not just about how they look it's about how their priorities change it's about how the factors in their life change as well they start off obviously as you mentioned with like gooey romantics and it's all they've met for the first time and i think all of us have 
felt that connection with someone where you meet them and it's that instant spark it's that instant it's a very relatable feeling but as you grow and it changes your definition of love changes i know you alluded to experiencing that change in love so that was the most interesting aspect of the film for me and i really loved it i think as well growing up watching it especially the first movie watching it as a teenager i'm like yeah i get it the ideas that you have at that age you feel like are so important and so right to you and you see the in the characters yeah based on how they speak jesse thinks he's so right he's very cynical about things but he thinks you know that that's a logical way to think they're through Celine is more of optimistic and hopeful and she's you know that's all about very very much chasing love in a way or like sees the good things hope in people but you can kind of see the switch in the second movie where they kind of switch roles a little bit Celine is now a cynic because she's been through really shit experiences with love and all of it is alluding to Jesse I would say and Jesse is like yeah obliviously acting like he's not bothered by it and he's really hopeful and then what you feel at the end of it hey actually they're both not doing great and then they also acknowledge in the second movie that oh we used to be so stupid before mm-hmm. like nine years ago <laughs> for not exchanging any type of contact whatever I that was that. Really <laughs> that, that yeah. was an excellent point to put in it just yeah. yeah they were so stupid and thank you for acknowledging it a lot of people was not a fan of the third movie, but I think it was really important, I would say. Because in the third movie, you see the reality of how their love grew, but also like the disillusionment of it. You can clearly see that they're both craving so bad to be their past selves again. Whereas mm-hmm. in the previous movies, they were trying to move forward mm-hmm. and not trying to be that. So it kind of... It kind of makes me reflect on my life a little bit. I'm going to look back at this time right now in the future and be like, huh, I wish I was my past self. So I'm, I think it makes me think, let me just do the best I can. You know, yeah. maybe not do stupid shit. We can only hope to not do stupid shit. So you spoke about the third one and sort of it not having quite the same reception. And I think it is brutally realistic depiction of love. But overall, I know what you mean. It's not as romantic happy-go-lucky but I do think it it definitely still painted a picture of a a type of love that I think most people would want to attain despite most of the film being them fighting Mm -hmm. come the end they kind of okay we're we're still okay they're very different we're still who we are and they go back to the sort of silly hypothetical back Mm -hmm. and forth that they have and it's it was really nice but one thing I think I mean, I, I've already griped to you about making me watch these three films in a short space of time <laughs> and the, the emotional damage that that's brought. But I'm so happy for you. <laughs> love them. Highly recommend all three. But what I do think watching them all back to back differs from, and this is where I want to get your opinion, because for two thirds of it, you have experienced that. Is, yes. It must be so different to have seen these as they came out nine years apart to follow that story to grow yourself alongside it you imagine being 23 and seeing Celine and then being in the same position as her at 32 quick maths and then 41 not flexing on anyone we were great (laughs) 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 but you you we actually paused the podcast between each of those what to do the maths (laughs) but you experienced the third one with a lot more of a, a time frame it I, I can't say how is that different because you didn't experience the others, which you did with the first two. But what was it like coming back to that story after it sort of, it must have sat in the back of your mind for a long time and then suddenly... 
That's a really good question. I think I, I guess even if you're watching it back to back, the way that they write it, you're really invested in them,、mm-hmm. in these characters, and you really want to know what's going on in their lives. And in the gap that I didn't even know that another movie was being made or anything, you kind of forget about it, and you go about your life, and you kind of forget about the lessons you learn because you're like, hey, it's just a movie I watched. And then when I watched the third one, I was damn deep. These guys are fighting. At first, I felt like it kind of tainted my initial、yeah. idea of it. Ah,、mm-hmm. oh, this is not what I thought it was、mm-hmm. going to be. I think as I rewatched it again when I was older, I think I appreciated it because I watched third one when I was young. Now, still very much a hopeless romantic, but was not exposed to the realities of the ebbs and flows of. Being with someone for such a long time could be like I was just—it's gonna be great all the time. This is made up. They're, they're just not great people. Implied cheating and everything.、I'm, yeah, these people suck. But I really love—I guess the beginning bit. They do have a really long dialogue where they're walking through the city, and it kind of lends into the first two movies,、mm-hmm. and then it fucking turns suddenly, <laughs> and then they're fighting a tower room, and then I kind of. See Jesse's character saying something, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this fucking guy is starting to start something." Yeah. And then Celine's character says something so out of pocket, and I'm, "Why the <laughs> fuck did you say that?" <laughs> you mean like a regular fight? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, "What the hell is going on?" So that really didn't resonate with me. I really、mm. didn't like it. The second movie's always been my favorite. Yeah. I think it's because I resonate with it the most now. It's、mm. a bit. More realistic, but upon watching the third movie very recently, I'm finding it to be more relatable because I think those dialogues are very much you don't see that very often in films,、mm-hmm. and I think yes, and when they do have that type of dialogue, it doesn't feel believable,、mm-hmm. and you can definitely tell that these two people have had chemistry. Oh, for sure, it's great、yeah. because they release this every nine years, and you see that they've aged, they've grown.、Mm-hmm. What I love is that they didn't shoot this three movies back to back and just、yeah. put like、mm-hmm. aging makeup on them.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it is really good. I、yeah. do feel like you've touched on something, which is specifically the dialogue, because these movies are ninety nine percent dialogue.、Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you specifically on the way that both the actors come in and bring their own piece. Without the chemistry between them, these movies straight up do not exist.、Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious how you think one how they change as the movies go on, but two. How you think they complement and maybe not complement each other potentially in the third one,、mm-hmm. without the way that they speak to each other and the way they talk, because it is a very—I mean, I guess it has to be improvisational because they are just speaking for like some like twelve-minute shots, I think. And none of it was improvised. Yeah, it's, it's all one hundred percent written down. They they memorized that entire yeah, thing. Yeah, the actors mentioned that it was very annoying. What? To like memorize it, but they stuck to it. That is mind blowing. The second is almost real time. Yeah, it's not quite, but it's not、mm. much longer than the length of the film. Yeah. What yeah. you see, yeah. yeah. So that's insane that they literally had that、yeah. all down. <laughs> I'm think... flummoxed. The second one had eleven minute one shot take.、Mm. Yeah, yeah, but it's just them talking really. At the start, when they leave the bookstore and start walking, is yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. A lot of it is hundred percent scripted. So in the first movie, the director Richard Linklater and Kim Krasan,、mm. they wrote the story, and then at that time, Ethan Hawke was 
quite well known because he was in Reality Bites, so it was becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that plays Celine, Julie Delphi, was practically unknown. Mm-hmm. So they took a chance on it and they did a chemistry read and it was great. Yeah. So they shot everything. Obviously, they had to memorize the lines. But the second and third movies were written with the director with Ethan Hawke and Julie mm. Delphi. Okay. So a lot of what happened in movies and the lines, they went back and forth over it years, but a lot of it was inspired by what they were going through mm. as people because Ethan Hawke was going through a divorce with Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. I think he was drawing on his experiences from that. So it's Julie Delphi, she also mm. was talking about it. And I think you can kind of see the dynamic because Ethan Hawke also said that he was intimidated by Julie Delphi because yeah. <laughs> she seemed really smart, seems to know shit. I mean, yeah. some of the stuff she has said in these movies, just as a brief comment, she'll just say something and I'm like, oh, yeah. I think specifically, I want to say, I can't remember if it's the first or the second one. If someone goes missing and then it's kind of nice because people can just imagine whatever they feel like. And that kind of crushed me a little bit. Yeah, She talks about death a lot and it messed me up. A lot of her throwaway <laughs> comments on life and society things made me really pause and be like, oh my God. <laughs> it's how I really felt, yeah, watching it as well. I think the strength of these movies in general is that I never for one second doubted that these were real People. I was sat watching this movie as if I was just taking a peek at mm-hmm. a couple going through their initial phase and then their the middle phases and then finally their well where it's left at, at the end of the story and I think that's a real strength of not only the directing but it's the actors as well and honestly I see why you picked it from the sense of it's really difficult to talk about just one of these films. I know mm-hmm. we've marketed it yeah. as this this whole podcast of, oh, we'll talk about one film that's a property or, or this sort of thing. But when you came to me with three films, I was like, okay, that's a, it's a lot of films. But when I first sat down, I watched those first two with you. Watching those two together, I instantly turned to you and I said, I we understand have to watch now. the third one. Yeah, I, yeah. I, we, watched, we watched the first two back to back. And I was it was really late at night and I was almost falling asleep but I was so captivated by what I was seeing because these characters um, we said it at the start they're kind of they're not great people in some situations but they're not bad they're real people I think that's the really key thing we come back to yeah they're real people and that is interesting to me yeah yeah and they play it off so exceptionally well I'm not surprised that Ethan Hawke went through a divorce because if I saw this film and I was his wife I'd be like wow clearly you're in love with her honestly yes like I have no idea how they could how are they not a couple in real life is is where I come to at the end of this because they make it so believable Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it is that that realism they are flawed and multifaceted people and also the the films are very realistic in terms of the we we talk often about the the scoring and things but a lot of these films is just not, not dead air, but it is just nothing. Yeah. It is just the 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 sound the and sound then of the city. Yeah, and then their dialogue for for large large portions of it. Mm. And I think that adds such a real depth to it. I knew these were romance films going in, mm. and so I was like, I need to be in a certain headspace usually to to watch mm. something like this. So I was I didn't go into them like, oh my god, I'm so pumped for this. <laughs> but I got halfway through the first one and I was completely hooked everybody i've spoke to since i basically recommended them to yeah. Yeah. because i was just like these are incredible like these are a, a, an incredible piece of art yeah. and also 
they hurt real good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the token of good art, good movies, is to make you feel something, is to make you really relate to some of the characters. And that's definitely how I felt watching this as well. Did anyone cry? I did not Aww. cry. I'm a big crier, but for something like this, it is, it's not the, th- yeah, I have my specific scenarios that are yeah. going to make me cry. And nobody died, so. I definitely teared up at points in this, for sure. And I'm pretty sure I did did cry a little bit at one point. But it's, yeah, I think it's absolutely incredible. I'm just going to pull it back to obviously talking specifics, but do you have a particular moment in any of the three films that you really find yourself gravitating towards or coming back to? Yeah, I think the reason why I said the second movie is also my favorite one. Yeah. Well, you come into it wondering... Did they reconnect or mm-hmm. not? So you spend the whole movie trying to pick up on those clues. So you're listening really intently to begin with. You know, you see them kind of flirting. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then you're constantly disappointed. Um, <laughs> but I think my favorite moment, it's like two moments in the movie. Mm-hmm. So after they're like walking, they get into a cab to go to her place in the car the conversation they have is where the climax like shit hits the fan and like her real feelings come Mm -hmm. out how the book destroyed her life basically and i love that because Mm -hmm. you can kind of feel that tension in the beginning if you go back and rewatch the movie you can kind of see like that those thoughts are lingering in the back Mm -hmm. of her head when she's saying these things to him and like when she's picking up on small things that he's doing but I also love that she goes into this whole spiel about how he ruined her life and then he like feels really sorry and I goes come for her and what I love in the movie it feels really real because they do the real small actions that we would do sure whether to comfort somebody or not or whether to hug them or not so it's just those little moments and you can see that in the car and he's unsure about comforting her and then he goes into a whole spiel about how you know his life has sucked and everything (laughs) and especially without her in it Mm -hmm. and you can see her like starting to feel really shitty about going on a whole rant Mm -hmm. but not really thinking twice about it but that's also because he portrayed that he was doing great Mm. with the book and i think Mm -hmm. i love because it's such a short amount of time so much things happen that's just honestly really good writing to to do that in such a short amount of time and make you feel so invested and especially when she's like i want to leave she wants to leave the situation you're just like fuck like (laughs) yeah i I would want to leave too like i feel as uncomfortable as she does (laughs) but no they they stay together and i think the last part the last line of the movie i really love it's when their fate basically changes where she says baby you're gonna miss that plane (laughs) and you know he just says i know it's kind of a nice moment to end it and you're like you're feeling a bit hopeful again Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not all shit yeah but then again i didn't watch a third movie at that time (laughs) yeah i'm gonna put you a little bit on the spot because I know you, I'm very closely connected to you, obviously. And I know that one of the aspects of your life that you want to move into, hopefully one day, is script writing, potentially. Did you learn sort of any lessons from this that you wanted to take forward into like your script writing or the messaging of the film? 
Just be change? Richard Linklater. Well, I think my motivation. Yeah, I do want to write something, and produce something eventually.、Mm. Since watching this movie since I was a teenager, I think I really resonated with it, and you know, I still remember it so well to this day. This this is what I care about, and this is what people would care about. You know,、mm. relating the most with human experiences. You know. And yeah, the director's work, Richard Linklater. I mean, he made some amazing other movies as well. He made Boyhood, which was shot over twelve years, which was great. Again, he's really good at showing how the passage of time affects people, and I really like his way of portraying that. He made Days and Confused, School of Rock as well. Yeah, yeah School yeah. of Rock was.、Yeah. I was very surprised. I was like, what?、This、yeah, right. Yeah, it turns out like they basically. Asked him、mm. to do it, and he never had done those movies before. But、mm. then they were like, "Oh, what? You can't do it!" And then he was like, "No, no, I can't."、Um, so, That's how you、uh, get someone to do it. I bet Richard Linklater's not gonna do it. He's not gonna do it. He couldn't. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they, they basically did that to him. So grab, I think I. Yeah, I think I really just. Right now, when I think about writing anything, I'm trying to capture essentially human. Experiences and part of it is that I've also thought about going to more documentary filmmaking stuff because、mm-hmm. I want to, you know, tell the stories of people that don't necessarily have a voice. But、mm. you know, that means talking to a bunch of people and like, yeah, being really persistent with it. You could be Celine's war photojournalist boyfriend. Oh my god! <laughs> it all came back around. Maybe, maybe I wanted to be with her. Maybe, maybe her. that's maybe、yeah. that's it. But I I really get her motivation though because she was saying all this thing about feminism and the rage that she feels and I think as a woman you do feel that in some ways when you feel unfairly treated in the world、mm-hmm. in that sense and I totally resonate and sometimes the way Jesse speaks so I'm like I know why this actor <laughs> so bad and I'm like to punch this fucking guy out anyway he's all right yeah yeah. Uh, like as you as you've grown up, obviously you've potentially shared this film with other people, and obviously we watch these movies together. And my reaction is my reaction. And obviously we'll we'll talk about how maybe more specifically how each of us felt about the film. But how in the past have people reacted to when you've shown it to them? Did they did they like it? Did they hate it? Did they feel the same as you, or did they take a different message away from the movie? Well, I guess in terms of recommending it,、mm. I think a lot of. Girlfriends that I knew have watched the movie before or have heard of it, but I think when I first watched it, I don't think I even talked to anybody about it,、mm-hmm. and so on, until a few years later, where I was in a relationship and I really loved this movie, and I was and I kind of was like tested it, you know, <laughs> used it as a test. So like, if they can sit through this movie with me and not complain about how Jesse's fucking annoying the entire time, wait. And, They can't. They don't because I feel like the first thirty minutes. I feel like you can give them a couple freebies, right? <laughs> maybe like one. Yeah, or, maybe、yeah. like one or two. You like ah,、uh, but there's if it if it captures the whole movie, maybe. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. before I even told you or introduced this movie to you, I think、mm. first person I showed it to, they fell asleep. Oh.、Um, <laughs> so I was just like,、oh, maybe this. Yeah. I I think and that kind of was like ah,、oh, maybe it's just a really long dialogue. They were really tired. No,、um, immediate red flag for me. Yeah. Oh well, not with him.、Uh, great. 
And then the second person I sent it, I showed it to, they were like, they were complaining about Jesse the entire time, which I was just <laughs> like, which hurt because I felt really closely connected to these characters yeah. and I found myself defending them. I'm like, that's just them. That's just them. It won't be interesting if they weren't so, you know, mm-hmm. opinionated in the first place. You know, if someone just agreed with everything, that's just of npc if anything yeah wouldn't make for a particularly good movie either. yeah uh, honestly and then he did not like it at all i can understand and the complaining about jesse but if you then don't like the film at all yeah you can complain about grandpa joe but it doesn't mean that, <laughs> that willy wonka isn't a great film right? yeah and we can complain about jesse but these films are are incredible yeah, yeah. and i think considering the whole point of the film as well it's kind of about the overarching idea that it kind of represents them as people and i think i kind of use it as a test because if they couldn't get what it means then i kind of saw it as they probably this may be very harsh Mm -hmm. but they probably haven't accessed their emotional depth to thinking about their actions through and like if you see your actions through very much as black and white Mm -hmm and not being able to understand how other people act a certain way in different situations, then Mm -hmm. you may not be able to handle conflicts really well. You may not be able to deal with people really well. And so I've been very, very careful about recommending. I've not ever talked about this because if I tell them, it's really dialogue heavy and it's three movies, but no, watch the entire thing. They're like, "Mm, I I don't know about this. It's an intense recommendation. It is an intense recommendation. Yeah. But also the first two times someone falls asleep and the other one hates it. I would be able to observe. (laughs) Yeah, it obviously didn't. I just assume the common denominator is I felt very iffy about suggesting this to a man because they're going to be like, this is not up my alley. So, being on this podcast, I was just like, these people are going to have to watch what I tell them. <laughs> so I'm like, they don't have a fucking choice. <laughs> but a lot of it, I I think a part of me is a little bit surprised as well that you guys liked it so much. It's so good. I've been recommending it to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a part of you expected four hours of us just tearing into you, being like, why did you make us watch that? <laughs> there was yeah. only one nude scene in the whole thing. Yeah. But the good thing is, if you guys catch McDrift, it's you guys pass the test. So yeah. good job. Oh boy. We can all drop the guys now. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. actually I, I, felt, is, <laughs> I thought just cut, fucking cut, cut, cut the <laughs> <laughs> it, it was honestly a very like mm-hmm. out of left field recommendation, I think, for, for for me and Will. Obviously you and James have watched some of this. But me and Will going into it, I, I speak for both of us, but I don't I haven't confirmed with Will. I went into it with not the highest of expectations and I left it being like that's one of the best bits of cinema I've I've seen in a very long time mm-hmm. it really everybody I've recommended to have been like if you have any interest in romance films you'll love this yes I think I, I agree I'm very curious what is being brought here. I think the fact that it was three movies in one I was like what it, what is what is this about but I think after I want to say the poetry scene I was like actually this rules <laughs> i want more out of this i thought that i like i knew that their chemistry was very good but the way that the movies are so skilled at sort of p- placing them in these scenarios that are very very effectively demonstrating what they're going through right now and how they're feeling about each other made me think a lot of things and feel a lot of things i just thought it was truly exceptional honestly this like you say we all have films that we're really protective over yes and i knew 
going into this that this was a very special film to you and no matter how you get away from it you do have that slight bias in your mind when someone that you care about so deeply wants you to like something but I think after the first 10 minutes I fell in love with these characters and I fell in love with this movie world it wasn't just the guise of oh you're my girlfriend and I really want to enjoy this film and I really want to love this film <laughs> I'm leaving you for Celine yeah it's <laughs> Honestly, at points, because it's such a heavy dialogue film, I was so in focused and ingrained in it, I almost forgot that we were watching it yeah. together in that sense. And I came out of it, and that's how a movie is supposed to make you feel. That is a movie I've watched quite a lot recently, and just other films and other media. And I spoke about it with a friend after I watched some other films recently, and he said, this, now that was a movie when he watched it. So I really loved it, and there are certain moments in this that I keep coming back to. I have rewatched the poetry scene. I will not mm -hmm. be ashamed to say it. I've rewatched it about 10 times. Yeah. In what the did last you like about it? I love, it's just, it's so real. I love my favorite line is sweet cakes and milkshakes. And <laughs> when I spoke, when I text that to you, oh, it's the lactose perspective of it, honestly. I, as a lactose in me. It's my it's, favorite part of the film yeah. is the lactose perspective. But, <laughs> As I've gotten a little bit older, turned 28 the other day. Are you sure you're not 50? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I've gotten a bit older, I've actually gotten into poetry a little bit more and I've been listening to like romantic poems and that poem just hit me on a really nice level and I it was a really perfect moment for me when I saw it. So obviously you've rewatched these films very recently and something I like to pose to all of our guests is, is there anything that, potentially you would change about these movies like the idealist in you have your have you has your feelings softened over time or where's your head at i personally don't think i'll change anything i think mm. when i was younger like i said with the third movie definitely be like stop fighting yeah. like, please why don't you love each other again <laughs> yeah do uh, love each other that's the thing it's just realistic yeah. I can't say there's anything in particular, mm. but I, I would change because it's all very intentionally mm. driven. Nothing's in there just for the sake of, you mm -hmm. know, just showing it. It's all part of the story as well. So I I don't want to change anything about it. And I honestly, that's why I'm so protective about it. And you were saying that you were really into it in the beginning. I was very doubtful of that. Because you're watching it together and you're like, oh, I love this. I'm like, why do you keep assuring me that you like it? I feel like I'm, I don't know, you do. And I kept asking you, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I had the experience before that people didn't like it. Yeah. And they were just saying they liked it for the sake of, you know, saying they like it or they slept off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it felt really nice that you did like it a lot but no i honestly wouldn't change anything would you guys change anything and i'm holding a gun at you guys i have very small changes oh, in the third one i feel i was weird very very small when they're walking to their hotel they kind of just point out oh look at this thing and then they show a small they just, i can't even remember i think was it one a dog there's like a dog or like a squirrel <laughs> or something it's like why why did they, did they do this just so they could cut and then it, it kind of took me took me out. I feel like they were just trying to have it so that there wasn't yeah, such a Yeah, I think long I take. noticed that as well. And I was like, 
about to distracted by dog yeah you know yeah. those are my only changes those those ones took me out a little bit yeah. it was weird but no i do think even like the really small offhand nothing things that you feel like aren't really part of it still have so much charm to them i'm not watching a movie i'm watching two people mm-hmm. and it's not really much to change about that they're just really good at having really entrancing conversation yeah there's only there's only one thing and it's not a change it's just a wish Right at the start of the the first one, they obviously meet those two guys that talk about a play that's on. And I was I was waiting and you I was wishing. You want to see the play with the I cow? I wanted to see the play with the cow. No, that they were talking about the play's going to be in German. It's got to oh, be right. There's yeah. no way they'd understand it. <laughs> I still want to see a yeah. fucking guy dressed up as a cow, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I say I totally that. forgot about it until you mentioned it. I'm like, oh yeah, we never did get to see the fucking play. And you <laughs> were saying like, do we get to see the play? I'm like. Bad news, buddy. Yeah. In the, I think fourth, the fourth one. <laughs> yeah. I think well, I, I actually... from the point of view of the cow. I, yeah. I, I read an article after this saying that apparently Julie Delphi denied she did not want to do a fourth one. Yeah. She was tired of the movie business, which was even more heartbreak after, the, after <laughs> all of this yeah. emotional turmoil. I don't blame her for that because realistically, what do you do? Like, what? how, how can you... What can you write about to make it better? Mm. Are they mm-hmm. going to fight again? Are they going to have a long conversation again? Mm. What is it going to add? I mean, I personally, obviously, it'd be really nice to have a Ford movie, but it also is on the verge of if they make the Ford movie and it wasn't living up to the rest, it will ruin the arc of them, at least personally for me. I do wonder. Usually I've, I've gone on saying that it's just more of the same, but with this, it isn't. <laughs> It yeah. isn't more of the same. It oh, is, it's kind yeah. of such a it's such a it's such nice a tight. It's of their lives. Yeah, it's, it's such a tight story. story. Isn't it? yeah. Like it's not three films; it's a three-part film mm-hmm. in a way. Maybe yeah. if you just really lean into it and make them hate each other. I mean, it kind of did that at the end of the third. <laughs> but one. they loved each other. Yeah. So but I think if you do want to see more of them, Richard Linklater, I think a couple years after the. Mm-hmm. second or first one he made like a one. shorter mm-hmm. movie called waking life mm-hmm. which i've watched before it's not anything it's just it's just a movie about this guy dreaming and going through different dreams and learning about different philosophy and one of the dreams is jesse and celine having a conversation just mm-hmm. about life it's a really short scene but yeah if you want to see more of them and you're really craving for it yeah. i think it's worth a watch though it is really weird but, I mean, but it does make you reflect a lot on your life because yeah. it's just crazy dreams and like what you realize in those crazy dreams. Just as a final for anyone that hasn't watched this film, what would be your kind of closing remarks as to why you should watch this film? Why should you invest th- that time to watch the three of them? You know, a feeling, I guess, lost or you feel like a little bit, feel like nothing's going right for me, but also like you, you just don't know what your life is about. I think... You can't kind of take comfort in seeing these two characters going about their life and you can kind of resonate in some sense and feel like you're not alone in this world, is what I would say. But I guess as a hopeless romantic as well, I think if you're a hopeless romantic, definitely watch this movie. Yeah. It might make you more sad afterwards. But, you know, yes. just I suggest just getting on a train through Europe and never getting off <laughs> until mm-hmm. you find someone good enough for you. 
but you know that could be quite expensive in this day and age. You don't have to yeah, pay for I the think. train. Yeah. <laughs> Just get on it. Just get on it. Yeah. yeah. So we've got to get off at the next stop because I haven't bought a ticket. <laughs> yeah, so. that was, yeah, that's a good segue <laughs> from Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> Only reason. <laughs> I just want to say a massive thank you for not only coming on the podcast, but you've been heavily involved in a lot of work behind the scenes and it hasn't gone unnoticed by by me, by the other two as well. It's, you are truly crucial to how we've been doing things and how we've been marketing ourselves. So I just want to say a massive thank you for all of that. And yeah, if you haven't checked out the Before series, I would highly recommend it. It comes very well received Mm -hmm. from all of us. And yeah, we've got another segment coming up for you. Let us know what you thought of Before series if you have seen it. We'd love to hear from you. So, And if you didn't like it, don't let us know. Yes. You fell asleep. I I will get a gun. (laughs) Divya will come to your house otherwise, so I'd watch it. Will will do no chores. (laughs) But we've got one more final segment coming up for you guys, so stay tuned. Final segment of the show. Final segment of the show. Final segment of the show. That's not even close. No. We're just going to talk about what we've been watching or reading or playing or anything really that's been on our radar for the last couple of weeks. Will, do you want to kick us off? What you've yeah. been? What you've been watching? I've been dipping. I've been. I've been enjoying a little bit of a fine show called Silicon Valley. Oh. with it's a such a funny show. I have started watching it when I sort of got into like second or third season. A friend of mine was like, "Hey." Check out these funny, funny guys. But I've really, I mean, it's incredible and there's a lot to appreciate from that aspect. But I'm now in a biotech company and uh, things are just a little bit different to watching it this yeah. time. I've got a list in my in my phone about like the things that I'm recommended, things mm-hmm. to watch. And uh, Divi's been suggesting me to watch this for a really long time. Everything that I've been recommended so far has been uh, top tier, so I imagine that this is much the same. It's extremely funny. Yeah. Like when it comes to comedies, I appreciate a lot about them, and oftentimes I will sit through a comedy I enjoy yeah. and I will laugh once or twice. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's I'm I can be a pretty stoic enjoyer of this sort of thing. There are so many moments in this series where I have to pause it because I just I couldn't comprehend anything after the punchline yeah there's i can think of no less than like five or six different moments just right now that they're just it's just an extremely funny show it's very very well written the one scene that i've seen from the show and i don't think i can talk about it on here i know exactly what you're about yeah, to talk about it's, it's that scene and if you haven't if you haven't watched if you have seen silicon valley then you probably know what i'm talking about i'm assuming as well. it's the middle out scene it's the one where I'll try to describe it without going into too much detail, but it's the one where they're trying to, they're doing a calculation on how... That's the middle out scene. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) They're trying to work out something, and it's very funny. I have never heard of this show. You haven't? Yeah. I don't know what you're on about. Give us like a slight... All right. So it's set in Silicon Valley, (laughs) but it is just this one guy. He's in like an incubation pod where someone who has made it and sold one of the little startups and has a ton of money is trying to get, he's essentially investing in a bunch of people he thinks might do exactly the same thing Mm -hmm. and allowing them a space to work and live while they make their own thing. And this guy, he has an idea for like, oh, you can check to see if your music that you're making is going to copyright strike somewhere else on this thing. And he accidentally makes an absolutely incredible compression algorithm just because he's really good. And he's like, eh, it's whatever. And then suddenly think along the lines of a Google finds right. out and like we will offer you so many hundreds of millions of dollars for this and he instead decides to try and set up his own company 
And it's just a lot of the pratfalls based around a lot of real world things that have happened in this sort of tech startup world of just this absolutely unthinkably insane thing that is actually real that they're incorporating into their own. Uh, yeah. It's a comedy. It's a good, yeah, it's very like comedic. Like bouncing off each other, I think, is, is, is a very strong cast from them, isn't it's, it? It is a very strong cast. Some of the cast is a bit questionable, not in the, their performance, just no, in, their in their real their life. life. Yeah, I can't remember his name. T.J. Miller, Gail from The Office, um, is he's the really weirdly yeah. tall, pale guy who's yeah, dating yeah, point. of course he's in it. Yeah, he's so fucking funny. Yeah, he's I, he's a he's so comedic. Just in general, I really <laughs> like his performances. I'll have um, to add it to the list. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's really, it's good. really good. I mean, you're selling it. Yeah, it's very good. How about you, Nick? What have you been up to? What have you been watching? Yeah, I mean, I'm not normally on this segment, so I, I, I'm not the person to be keeping up with the current <laughs> n- new things. That's not my uh, normal role. So I have just finished re-watching How I Met Your Mother, Yeah. Um, which I hadn't seen in quite a long time, but yeah. then I kind of binged it over the last month. Yeah. It's like what nine seasons or something. It's, yeah, it's, it's not like a short nine show. Seasons. No, it's a long, it's a long running nine? show. I think it is nine. Yeah, I should know. Eight I just watched eight or nine. <laughs> <laughs> I remember people really hating the ending. Yeah, of, it's. I mean, again, I don't know how spoilery we want to go, but yeah, I think I think we're fine with this. Like, if you if you haven't checked out How Me Mother, then and you want to avoid spoilers, uh, it's been out for a while. But well, yeah, we are going to probably spoil it. But yeah, go ahead. I I actually think the ending with the story not really being about how he met their mother yeah was the right choice for the show yeah like i i think it was a good ending for a very long show people didn't like the last season much because it covered such a short period of in universe time yeah but i think it's actually just really good yeah. i don't i remember not being that crazy about it at the time but i think watching it as a slightly older person closer to their ages yeah does change the way you watch that show quite a bit yeah big time i think it's like for a long time it was my favorite show so mm. i have really strong opinions about obviously as you mentioned the ending and and like the show as a whole but i think so much of it is just good like yeah, so much of it is just really funny early to middle seasons especially it's really like you were saying earlier, Will, about how you laugh like once or twice. I laugh a lot when I watch How I Met Your Mother, and but also there is some emotional sucker punches in there of just really heartfelt moments that are yeah, it's really sometimes it's really difficult to watch, and sometimes it's yeah, it gets you, it hits you in a certain way, which I really love. Yeah, they do a really good job with the dialogue in in those moments yeah. in particular. They make a lot of it feels real. Sometimes it feels very over the top but yeah. still emotionally resonant. Yeah. I must admit, it does definitely, definitely does do some sitcom-y things, yeah. which if you watch a lot of sitcoms, they really stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah. I think the second you put a laugh track in there, you're sort of expected to lean into it, right? So. Yeah, I guess for me, it's more like the characters have a catchphrase yeah. and the catchphrase is in every episode kind oh. of a thing that really stands out. Never yeah. mind, I don't want that. And I, a- like, I can't, once you see it as a pattern... You can't unsee it. Yeah, you can't it's, unbazinga it. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. yeah. Can you basically cut that? that? Can you cut that? Please? I think like I think like uh, <laughs> no, no, no definitely staying. not that staying in. I think without any other, it's like one of those. It was in that era where it was originally aired to be yeah once a week. 
so I think yeah as you say some of the tropes there where it's like oh each they say each week it's supposed to obviously be a little bit more spaced out so you maybe it, it, you don't notice it as much but mm-hmm. I definitely get what you mean one of the ones that really works for me is that Barney whenever he quotes a statistic he always uses the same numbers and yeah. I never noticed it when I was watching it when it was originally aired and then when you watch back and rewatch the clips of them where he says it about 50 times it's it, that one actually lands for me and I really like that one but there is other ones in there where it's like okay you have said this a lot and you have you've done certain things but is the implication that he's just lying every time yeah oh, basically yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. he's uh, it's one of the things as well that I love about Howie Mother which I don't think ever really gets enough and Mark's not here but the soundtrack of Howie uh, Mother Mark, fantastic but how does Mark feel about it <laughs> did you see that one <laughs> That person really did a performance in that one. But yeah, check out How My Mother. It's, it's a good watch. I think it's one that you can you can watch and quite easily burn through episodes. It's a, it's a oh, very easy, sure. yeah, it's a very easy one to to sit down and watch and fall asleep listening to. Yeah, I definitely want a laugh track to wake me up at seven a.m. That's how I want my life to live. People <laughs> start the day with a laugh. I guess start the day with people laughing. I guess in this scenario at me. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever think of like how horrifying it would be to like be the only one in the world that could hear a laugh track? No, like, but now I am. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching? I've been in like a bit of a light. I guess maybe not light is the right word, but I've been in sort of an easier watching mindset this last couple of weeks. But I've been watching a show called Abbott Elementary. It's on Disney Plus, and as the name suggests, it's set in a school. Uh, it's set in a very underfunded school, but it's about how the teachers kind of deal with the oppositions that they're going through. I've said light, it's a very real world problem, mm-hmm. but it's really heartfelt. It's got some of like some really great acting. It's very laugh out loud at points. It's them learning a lot of lessons about how to teach certain kids and how they deal with like the hardships of being underfunded and <laughs> what they can do about it and how having a good teacher really impacts their lives and like you see some of the kids that like it's it's fictionalized i was gonna Don't get say me wrong, it is fictionalized but you see like some of some kids that come back to the school that have had a really good upbringing from that school name some of the teachers like one of the teachers on the cast has been there like 30 years so like the kids that she used to taught teach have like grown up but it's really it's it's making me laugh quite a lot at the right moments and it's yeah it's been a good one you're making it seem a little bit like it has this sort of after-school special vibe. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Is that, would you say it's applicable? Uh, not, not, not I really. It's really kind of, so. no, it's, it is more heartfelt. There are very good moments of like, oh, this is very hard hitting at moments because they are trying mm-hmm. to, trying to do stuff. But it's, it's more about like the lessons that the teachers learn, like about these kids and, and things Inter- interspersed with moments of comedy from the kids and moments of mm-hmm. comedy. The, the premise is like the, the headmaster, is completely incapable at her job and she got the job through nefarious means so her being really bad at the job is spending the money on the school weird things or just moments where she's letting them down and it's about like how the teachers overcome that i feel like the school i think i need to watch this yeah show. it's it's good it's got the um I, I forgive me i don't know his name off the top of my head but if you ever watched everybody hates chris kid that played chris rock in that he's all grown up and he's like one of the teachers and he keeps the demeanor he had when he was like playing chris rock so he's very like it's surely his name isn't just chris rock no his name's gregory in this (laughs) he brings a sort of stoic and the funny thing is one of the running jokes is that he's trying to be the principal and he was like up for the job of principal something happens and then this teacher got the the job as principal so every time she like makes a joke she's like what you trying to be principal or something i'm gonna mutiny her yeah it's in the it's in the office style where there's like a tv crew like following the round so there's like there's a lot of looks to the camera of like 
are you seeing this? He's, he's like, jimming the camera this? a lot. Yeah. I want it to make a hard turn and actually become some sort of corrupt, sort of Game of Thrones style government political <laughs> down tearing of this principle. <laughs> oh, no. She's, what's really nice about it is that she's learning, like throughout the season, there is character growth. And it's obviously, it's like episodic, but she's learning as the show goes on as well. So she does become like nicer and you do, she has a bit of a heart and you're like, oh, okay. And she does get better at her job. No, I've already decided. <laughs> watch it, watch it. And then, and then come back to me. But it's really nice because I'm watching it with my mum's watching it alongside. I recommended mm-hmm. it to my mum. I'm not going to take credit. Divya recommended it to me and then I recommended it to my mum. But it's really nice because I could see that she's enjoying it because... I can see we share a Disney Plus account and I can see like the episodes where she's watching it and where I'm watching it. And it like, I have to keep changing the episodes back down to where I'm watching it because I'm further ahead. But it's nice. It brought us together a little bit about something we're watching together. So I like Similarly, also going to Game of Thrones, me and my mom sort of had that. (laughs) (laughs) Very different vibe, I'm sure. Oh, but it doesn't have to be. Abbott Elementary, you better change (laughs) tail. I think we'll call it there. I think that's the show. If you want to reach us, we're on We Are Not Movie Critics at Instagram. Drop us a message. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know if you enjoyed or watched the Before series. And yeah, stay tuned. We've got another episode coming for you in two weeks' time. So stay tuned. Good night. Bye. Bye.